The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Welcome to another edition of Leadership Matters, a show that aims to support the leadership development of current and future public and nonprofit leaders. Each episode is designed to inform leaders and inspire solutions. I'm Tom Wall, and I'll serve as the moderator of our discussion today. I work with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities and for the Strategic Change Initiative. We work together to help organizations strengthen and transform themselves to prepare for a more successful future. With me today as guest panelists are my good friends Andre Howard and Rihanna Absar. Andre, why don't you introduce yourself to our listening audience? Sure will. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Andre Howard uh, with the Alliance, and I am uh, with our Center on Leadership here at the Alliance. We're in our National Operations Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So hello to everyone. Wonderful. Then, Rihanna, would you please introduce yourself? Yes, thanks, Tom. Um, my name is Rihanna Absar, and I'm the Senior Associate here at the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities and also work closely with the Center on Leadership. Outstanding. Today, the three of us are privileged to have with us our special guest, Dr. Dorenda Schubert. Dorenda was a psychologist with professional experience, including counseling children and families and managing programs in the realms of foster care, mental health, and developmental disabilities. And then, in 2008, she accepted an assignment to serve as the executive director of Bridge Meadows in Portland, Oregon. Now, before she went to Bridge Meadows, Dorinda had developed a solid reputation as a bright and dedicated leader who could get things done and who did everything she did exceptionally well. Well, now, since going to Bridge Meadows, Dorinda has developed a reputation within the human services field as being a visionary, as an innovator, and as a dynamic change leader. She was a top five finalist last year for the Alliance's Peter B. Goldberg Leadership Award. Please let me read from Mark Friedman's nomination of Dorenda Schubert for that award. In my work, he said, I have encountered community leaders across the United States and have found few as innovative and promising as Dr. Schubert. Under Dr. Schubert's leadership, Bridge Meadows provides a compelling example. This housing development in Portland, Oregon, brings together families raising foster children with older people of modest means who receive reduced rents in return for volunteer work with adoptive families living in the community. Dr. Schubert is on the front line of an emerging intergenerational movement supported by partners from all sectors on behalf of youth languishing in foster care, adoptive parents, 
and low-income elders struggling with poverty and social isolation. It's an arrangement that makes both economic and common sense, fulfilling the fundamental need for meaningful relationships while increasing permanence, family stability, and community connection at every stage of life. Dr. Schubert, it continues, is helping to marshal imagination and ingenuity to devise new strategies for enhancing a whole range of experiences in later life and leveraging that enhancement to generate reciprocal benefit for all three of the generations that Bridge Meadows serves. Now, (laughs) that's quite an endorsement, and it really is an honor to have you with us here today. Welcome. Thank you very much, Tom. And that is quite an endorsement. I'm very honored by Mark's words, and it's always a little awkward to hear things, nice things said about yourself. So <laughs> I'm glad you finally Well, you should, just, you should for a moment say it's okay to feel proud, and obviously someone went to a lot of trouble to make sure that they offered a wonderful nomination. Why don't you take a minute and tell us the story of Bridge Meadows? Sure thing. Well, um, thank you for having me today as well and having the opportunity to share the story of Bridge Meadows. It's always wonderful to represent the community and um, talk about the great work that happens here. Although using the word work seems as though it diminishes what happens here. It seems as though um, this is an opportunity for uh, people from all three generations to make a big difference in the world. So um, I'm honored to be here today. So the Bridge Meadows community um, started, it was really inspired by the work of Dr. Brenda Ehart, a retired sociology professor from the University of Illinois. And that original program, that three-generation neighborhood, is in Rantoul, Illinois. And there was a book written by a retired, or now he's retired, Chicago Tribune reporter. And he talked about this community called Hope Meadows. And some really caring people here in Portland, Oregon, Rhonda Meadows and her friend Pam Resnick, um, read that book and said, we have to make this happen here in Portland. And then they recruited several of us. I was uh, working as the chief operating officer at Trillium Family Services. I'm a licensed psychologist. And this model was presented to me by Pam. And I was so overcome with, oh my gosh, there is an answer to how we can support these families when they've had children who've had some troubles. And because what happened was when they left the buildings of our um, high-quality mental health services, they now had an entire community to support them through the trials and tribulations of life. So Bridge Meadows um, came to life um, through lots of hard work and diligence and perseverance and never hearing the words no, never hearing that word no. It was always, um, okay, you're going to say no now? Oh, we'll catch you later because <laughs> you're going to want to be a part of this. And then we, um, so in um, on, uh, April 1st, 2011, we welcomed people home. And uh, the three-generation community uh, includes nine family homes for families who are adopting children from the foster care system and 27 apartments for elders who serve as surrogate um, grandparents and mentors and tutors to the children and families. And the families receive a lot of support from their neighbors as well as some professional staff. And the elders, too, receive support from their neighbors and some professional staff. And all along, all three generations are benefiting, and they're all here for one social purpose, and that purpose is to help those children get adopted out of foster care. 
and we um, support them with our counseling services, and we also partner with Oregon Health Sciences University and Portland State University to provide social work interns and nursing interns who serve um, all kinds of ways. Right now there's a walking group going on right now. They just walked past my window, <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. they're out there walking with the nursing students. And um, it's just this beautiful idea that you bring together three generations you empower people to live healthy lives, and amazing things are happening. Fantastic. That's a wonderful, wonderful story. Now, you alluded to the fact that your initiative was patterned after the initiative in Chicago, but there also was one outside of Boston, wasn't there? Could you tell us about the other initiatives and what your relationship might be with those other initiatives? Sure. The um, So Hope Meadows was the first one to come out of the ground, as we say, um, in Rantoul, Illinois, in the mid-90s. Uh, it was Brenda, It's Brenda's brainchild. And then the second one to come out of the ground is Treehouse Foundation in East Hampton, Massachusetts. And then, um, and then us. And we are um, all colleagues and friends, and we support one another. We don't have a legal affiliation, but we certainly have a sense of purpose affiliation, if you will. Sure, I understand. In in what ways might Bridge Meadows be different from the other two projects? Well, Bridge Meadows is a little different because we are actually in an urban setting. Our colleagues in Rantoul, it's more of a rural setting, and our friends in East Hampton, Massachusetts, the Treehouse Foundation, it's more of a suburban setting. And they are on uh, 20-plus acres, and we are on two acres. Um, oh, we're right in, I know, we're right in the heart of a neighborhood, and uh, we are on a former school site. Um, so that makes us a little bit different than our colleagues. Um, it, it provides our community access to um, the city. We're on a bus line. We are within walking distance of, a, of several schools and parks. So we're right here in the middle of a neighborhood uh, and blending into the neighborhood and really see this community as an asset to the neighborhood. Um, and the community sees um, Bridge Meadows that same way as um, our neighborhood association hosts their meetings here. Um, our, um, our families and elders and kids have volunteered at many um, neighborhood events, and so we're seen uh, as an asset, which is lovely. And I think also how we funded the real estate um, project to come out of the ground makes us a little bit different. Um, we use a combination of public and private dollars to build the real estate, um, and uh, so that makes us a little different than the other other two. Well, let's go back to your beginnings. How far along was the Bridge Meadows project when you first got there eight years ago? Well, um, we had land promised to us by the city of Portland by a, um, a very tenacious uh, city commissioner, um, Commissioner Dan Saltzman, who still remains in office and has a big heart for um, children in foster care as well as caring deeply about um, our elders in our community. So he was our grand champion and remains our grand champion, and he was able to secure some land for us and um, but we had to meet some criteria, and uh, we had two years to do that. And uh, at the time I took the job, we had one year left, <laughs> and the list was pretty long. 
So um, it was a long list, and the only two things I remember on the list were raise all the money to build the real estate development and uh, make friends with the neighbors, because the neighbors weren't exactly thrilled to have this social experiment serving children in foster care. They had a lot of um, a lot of biases about what that type of development might bring to their neighborhood. And, um, you know, you just stand up and you listen and you uh, get to know the neighbors and you attend activities and you, you just demonstrate you're real people and you, you hear them. And then we invited neighbors to be on our design team. And, um, and that also helped alleviate fears. And I had the neighborhood president say to me once, you know, Dorinda, you were right. The kids, we don't even know you all are there. You're just so quiet. <laughs> and I said, I told you, child, the children would not get from point A to point B before somebody said, does your mother know what you're doing? Do you know, where should you be right now? And that's exactly what happens for our children. So the so land was just promised. just take a couple minutes more and talk about how, what you did and how you worked to turn a suspicious community into really a community that is incredibly supportive of your work right now. Oh, sure. So the neighbors were, it was really fear. And when I figured out, okay, this is about people being fearful and not having enough information, okay, we can solve that problem. We can provide them a lot of information, and we can answer their questions and be available for that. And we need to show up. We need to embed ourselves and be a part of the neighborhood. So um, what does that mean? Um, It means that I showed up to numerous uh, neighborhood meetings uh, in the evening and made presentations and updates about our progress. Um, It means that uh, my husband and I helped plant 11 trees in the neighborhood. It Mm -hmm. means that um, our uh, architect and our uh, developer, real estate developer consultant, also showed up to those meetings and also answered questions. And we were honest and we listened and didn't get defensive. It would be very easy to be defensive because you have people yelling at you um, about (laughs) the project. They're not exactly Mm -hmm. welcoming you with open arms and a cup of sugar. (laughs) They're um, quite angry that um, this pristine two-acre piece of property in the middle of their neighborhood that used to be a school is now going to become this, as they kept saying, social experiment. So I think it was about, um, I really think it was a matter of listening and inviting them into the conversation and being able to tolerate that negativity um, uh, so that you didn't, I didn't buckle or our team didn't buckle. Fantastic. that's what, how that's how we did it, and um, and then like I said, one of the key features was we and we asked for neighbors to be on our design team, which included the architect um, de- uh, bringing the plans and the neighborhood re- representatives speaking into those plans and giving advice for how they'd like things differently. So, for example, the family homes in the beginning did not have they had carports, they didn't have um, garages because garages weren't exactly what was going on here, um, but mm-hmm. we, they wanted garages, um, so we said, okay, great, so we put in garages. How, somehow, the, how the way the buildings are plotted on the, on the land, and, um, so I, and then there's a great uh, entryway for people to feel like they can come, the neighbors can come walk on the property without feeling as though they're invading privacy, and now you wouldn't know that Bridge Meadows was this... Um, entity that was separate or different from the neighborhood because it's become an embedded part of the community. So it's, That's it's quite wonderful. lovely. Remember that, yeah. and we'll come right back to it after a short break. Please stay with us. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Where is the best place to put your money? Rick Saylor with co-host Eric Hamburg will take the mystery out of investing in order to keep your hard-earned wealth performing and protecting to its maximum potential. Listen for Straight Talk, Clear Decisions, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me are our guest panelists, Andre Howard and Rihanna Absar, and our special guest, Dr. Dorenda Schubert, the Executive Director of Bridge Meadows in Portland, Oregon. Before the break, Dorenda was sharing some of the background of Bridge Meadows. Dorenda, what have been the greatest challenges that you've faced during your eight years as Executive Director of Bridge Meadows? I think one of the greatest challenges, but I also see it as an opportunity, but uh, it really had, had been a challenge in the beginning, was working in, within a model of this three-generation, inter, intentional intergenerational community. It's a mouthful, and it's a model that didn't fit into any category. Do you, is it a child welfare model? Is it an aging model? Is it a health model? Is it a housing, affordable housing model? And the truth is, it's all that. And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, and so and so it was a little bit difficult to know exactly what table does our team sit at. Do we do we go mm-hmm. to the meetings about child welfare? Do we the ones about aging, affordable housing, and. Um, and it, after a while, you just had to be, we all just had to be comfortable as a team that it doesn't matter. We're going to go create our own table. And it helped that Portland was one, the city of Portland was one of the beginning um, cities that embraced the World Health Organization's age-friendly city initiative. 
So then we actually had um, some leadership in the city and in, at our um, local Portland State University who were really embracing this idea of three generations and thinking about three generations. So um, that kind of helped a lot. But I remember once telling one of my um, former uh, bosses and mentors, I'm not sure what table to sit at. And he said, you just go create your own table. Forget about those other tables. <laughs> so, um, so that was probably a challenge because then people couldn't quite figure out how to fund us, and the, and the funding had been so siloed. Uh, but I, I have to give a lot of credit to the Oregon Housing and Community Services um, Division because they department because they um, said, well, this is a really odd model. We're not entirely sure what you're doing, but we see that there's housing for seniors. We see there's housing for families, and we do see that the children who have been languishing in foster care will now have an, um, a forever family. So, okay, we'll invest, and we hope it turns out okay. <laughs> and at mm-hmm. one point. Um, a housing counselor uh, appointed by the governor said, well, it'll be our biggest disaster, our biggest success. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was just a vote of confidence right there at <laughs> the Capitol. Well, uh, let I'm, me drill uh, down just a little bit uh, more on that, because the intergenerational ideas that you've been developing, you know, they're very powerful. Mm-hmm. The folks in our field, they've been talking about things like this for an incredibly long period of time, but you're one of the first to actually make them happen. And it really does take a special kind of leader to introduce a whole new way of doing something. So I'd like you to talk with us a little bit about your role as a change leader and what you've done in order to help make change that others talked about become a reality. Well, I think perseverance would be the number one um, would be truly be the number one piece of that because you have to persevere past a lot of naysaying, a lot of no, that won't work, no, that won't work. When we know we've seen examples of this in other parts of the world, there are many cultures in the world who live three, in the three-generation way, and it creates a very strong fabric for the, all the members of that community. And so I think it's, you know, I, used to, I have to say, I used to hear people would say no, but I really wouldn't hear them. I'd just say, well, you don't get it right. In my head, I'd say, you don't get it right now. You'll get it. And so just, I'll just, just come along with us when you get it, because you're going to see this is powerful. And then gathering a really smart, caring team and um, I've been, I'm very blessed that the team that I am, um, get to work with every day, they are smart, they're creative, they're innovative, they embrace, let's try something new. And so surrounding yourself with people who really um, can jump on board with the idea was also, has also been important. And then lastly, I think really living your values. And if you mm-hmm. value... Um, the power of a three-generation community, if you personally value that. I do personally. I grew up in a three-generation family. I live still in a three-generation family. My aunt lives with us and helps us with our children. And, um, and she's living this amazing life full of meaning and purpose. And you see that power. Um, and you, how do you not just keep going forward and keep persevering? So um, I'm not saying there weren't days when you feel as a change leader like you're tired and you um, wonder if the fight's worth the fight, <laughs> and then you sure. go and you see, you know, you see the power of the lives that have been transformed. You know, I'll, I'll go and I'll I'll see a little one and an elder doing a puzzle together, or um, you know, celebrating a, a, an achievement at school and. 
just uh, knowing that where they their life had been before they came and were a part of this model and and this wonderful community and and in, it's totally worth it. Every minute, every hardship was totally worth it. <laughs> Fantastic. The alliance has a revolutionary model for change leadership that says that we have to consider the cognitive, emotional, spiritual, and behavioral dimensions of our leadership approaches. I wonder if you'd take a couple minutes to talk about how you believe that change leaders have to work to make sure that they're aware of how they think and feel and about who they are and about how they behave. Well, the leader certainly um, sets the tone for how the organization flows, and it is a huge responsibility for those of us who are blessed to be in these um, leadership positions to be intentional and mindful of how we are presenting ourselves and, um, and, the, and the, whatever the organization is in the world and how we're treating those who are beside us on this journey. And so I think it takes a lot of... Um, you, can, you can easily, as a leader, be um, distracted by the, the minutia of the work of the day, the, you know, the bills need to be paid, the, you know, the finance report needs to be done for the board meeting. Um, but in that, you also need to rise above and think about what is the greater mission and what is the story we're to be told and, told and who is it with whom we're working. And so I, I really think it's about um, taking a breath and mindfully and intentionally uh, walking the journey with the people with whom you work, not for the people, but with. Um, we mm-hmm. often say here at Bridge Meadows that we don't do for people, we do with people. And so... We try to, um, it's very important to us that how we are, how we behave with our uh, residents here or members of the Bridge Meadows community, it's how we behave with one another. And, and then with our donors and with our board members and with our partners. Um, so we, um, we try very hard to be, intentional is a huge word for our organization. We say it a lot. I'm sure people, we probably should just wear a button that says, we are intentional. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, uh, so that's that's how I think um, as a change leader, you really, um, it, and it's hard because the demands of the job are, can be quite challenging and overwhelming at times. But it is important to pause, take a breath, and and um, be intentional in how you walk the journey. Beautiful, Andre and and Rihanna, you have developed national reputations yourselves in the area of change leadership and. I would like to encourage you to join in right now uh, in this discussion about change leadership uh, and say anything you'd like or ask any question that you'd like. Yeah, this is Uncle. Uh, this is Andre, and I think what Dr. Schubert has put forward. I mean, she certainly exemplifies what we we call a revolutionary leader. Uh, in that uh, the, the leadership model that's been developed is really about uh, taking on adaptive challenges and really understanding what that means to really create kind of a system change. And so the whole argument, uh, as Dr. Schubert was talking about, is really uh, an investment that we start with ourselves in terms of making sure we're, we're sharpened on the emotional, the cognitive, uh, the behavioral, the spiritual sides of leadership. And the more we're sharpened, the more we're able to act um, effectively with our teams and with others in the organization, 
uh, with other organizations working with each other to solve some of these systemic issues, and ultimately working with community as well. And I think the intergenerational model that Dr. Schubert has created to some degree in her own uh, program portfolio uh, really represents what we think is so key and critical in terms of thinking about how do we uh, get to um, create change, change that's going to, to move populations for the better, that's going to improve lives of individuals long-term, and, and, and those things which are sustainable. And so, you know, sometimes people will look at, oh, yeah, the heart, the mind, the soul, the thinking, the spiritual aspects are kind of soft stuff. But it's really the, the core uh, in those elements that I think truly uh, makes leaders great in terms of being able to think outside the box, uh, being able to think outside uh, uh, of different uh, ways of approaches, uh, of, of making and creating your own table, as Dr. Schubert had alluded to earlier. And, and I think our, the revolutionary model and the whole change element is, is necessary. I mean, you know, we certainly could, you know, I was in, dealing with foster care for a number of years, and certainly, you know, um, some of my colleagues were very excited about, you know, being able to um, house and being able to feed uh, those children who were in the system um, day in and day out, but you know that's that's not enough. I mean, we've got to do more in terms of thinking about how we truly make sure that children who are in the system, who age out of the system, can take care of themselves and be productive in the society, uh, and really stop the systemic cyclical f factor uh, of children uh, in the system who are trapped. And so, really, it, it's really about thinking about the adaptive. Uh, edge uh, with some of the, the problems and, and challenges that we have in the sector. And so I, my hat's off to Dr. Schubert in terms of what she's been able to do um, and really serves as a great example of what this model is truly all about at the end of the day. And so th those are just some of my, a few comments I had to maybe just add to the conversation. Fantastic. Rihanna, do you have some thoughts? Yeah, um, I have a question. So the cha our change leadership model, you know, um, is all about um, growing as a leader, and um, I was just curious, Dronda, how you kind of make sure that you're constantly um, engaging yourself in leadership development opportunities. Well, how I do that is I actually um, gather with local leaders who also run innovative programs, and we share ideas and talk about the celebrations and the trials and tri tribulations of, of being a leader in an innovative model. And that has been um, really a very supportive place to be um, and a very safe place to be. And because I truly believe, you know, just as the, the point of an intergenerational intentional model is that you rely on your neighbors for your support. So by me going and talking to other innovative leaders, it's that I'm replicating that idea, that I'm, I'm hanging out with my neighbors, so to speak, and um, gaining that support and good ideas from their journey. I also read um, um, several you know, articles about leadership, and then um, the board of directors um, supports my professional development. Fantastic. Uh, great thoughts during this segment. Uh, hold on, folks. We'll be right back after a short break. Please stay with us. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you are listening to leadership matters with dr cheryl white linda schub gerald mcfadden Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me are our guest panelists, Andre Howard and Rihanna Apsar, and our special guest, Dr. Drenda Schubert, Executive Director of Bridge Meadows in Portland, Oregon. Before the break, we were talking about the various dimensions of change leadership. Drenda, now that we're back, what further changes or innovations do you see in the future for Bridge Meadows? Well, three years ago, the board of directors and the leadership team here embarked on a strategic plan, and we're truly living that strategic plan, and it's actually sunsetting this year, and we'll create another one. And in that, two very important pieces were in that plan, expansion of the Bridge Meadows model and replication of the Bridge Meadows model. So we are expanding the model to create housing nearby the current Bridge Meadows um, community for young people aging out of the foster care system. So oh, they wonderful. will be yes, they'll be in a dorm like setting. Uh, and this came from the young people. This is about listening to their voices. They um, proposed the idea of being a part of this community. And we are partnering with New Avenues for Youth, which is a local um, provider of services to homeless youth and foster care youth. 
And um, it's an innovative uh, partnership, and it's an innovative model, and the young people will receive support for how, um, not only housing, but mental health services, uh, educational supports, uh, vocational supports, and employment supports, and then also they'll get the, all the love and the connection from this intergenerational community. And when we presented this idea to the members of Bridge Meadows, they um, were thrilled that they get to live their life with another sense of meaning and purpose, not only helping the children who live here in the community, but extending that care and concern and talent and, and gifts to the young people who will be living just half a block away. So we're going to break ground on that this summer. It's exciting. And then, um, and we also had a very, um, a, uh, a very special uh, private donor invest in that project, and uh, she is now leaving a legacy. So it's lovely to see that. And then we are replicating Bridge Meadows, uh, the model in Beaverton, Oregon. And um, at the invitation of Mayor Denny Doyle, we are coming over there to create a 41-unit um, property wow. for kids with the same social purpose, young people aging out of foster care. So we'll have nine family homes and 32 apartments for elders. And we, can't, we are so excited. And what's been wonderful is be. to see, yeah, thank you, to see the excitement of the uh, community, the Beaverton community, the neighbors. They are so excited to have us come be a part of that. Um, neighborhood. Uh, so, uh, and the state of Oregon again has invested, which has uh, been truly uh, a wonderful uh, a testament to their belief in this intergenerational model. Fantastic. You, you alluded to uh, the role of the board in your strategic planning. Can you talk with us a little bit about further about the role of your board in the work that you do at Bridge Meadows? Sure. The board of directors are the best ambassadors. Aside from all of those who live here at Bridge Meadows, the board of directors are truly our greatest ambassadors and supporters of the model. And because we really believe in building a sense of community, our board members feel a part of the community. Um, we hold events here that include board members. We have a board meeting or two a year that is here at the Bridge Meadows community. And there are opportunities for our board members to engage with the residents of Bridge Meadows. So that really gives a sense of people, again, doing with, not for. And so mm-hmm. the residents are leaning in with their gifts and talents here in, at the community, and the board members are doing the same, and they're doing it together with the team here. So um, we were just talking about this as a staff, how it's so wonderful to see that sense of community, and they're so proud and so excited to be a part of um, the journey of growing Bridge Meadows communities around the city of Portland and beyond. And um, I, I feel very blessed to be able to work with this talented group of people. Fantastic. I assume the fundraising is an important part of your work. Have you found a natural constituency that helps you financially support the work that you're doing? Well, the blessing of Bridge Meadows is that it really speaks to many parts of different people's hearts. So if you are somebody who really invests in um, programs that support children, Bridge Meadows is there for you. If you really have memories of how important your grandparents were in your life or a mentor was in your life, then this model will speak to you. And if you're a parent and you understand, oh, hallelujah, I'd have all that help as a parent with my three kids, I so understand that. What a terrific model. Um, so we are able to tap into so many different um, perspectives and, and provide, and, and that makes people want to be a part of it. 
And the other piece is it's innovative. And there are people who want to invest in innovative ideas that are trying new uh, I, new ways of solving old problems, and mm-hmm. um, so so we we are blessed to attract a wide variety of folks who want to invest in in this model. Fantastic! Now, in the last segment, we were talking about change leadership, and many folks have said that the most effective change leaders are actually able to find effective ways to imbue those involved in implementing their vision with the spirit of the vision. So I wonder if you could talk with us about how you've managed to imbue your staff, your elders, and your adoptive parents with the spirit of Bridge Meadows. There is a lot of talking that goes on here at the Bridge Meadows community. We spend um, a lot of time engaging the community in how to live in this community and how to design this community and truly hearing their voice as, um, as guiding how we move forward in um, operating the community and, and what they need and not that we come in and say we're going to impose. We see uh, there's several of you experiencing a particular issue, so we're going to bring that to you. It's more, hey, we're noticing this issue is popping up. Is that something that would be interesting to you for us to bring about? And so it's showing that degree of respect and living out this respect with the um, folks who live here. And we, I, I know I said this earlier, we should wear big, bright buttons that say we live intentionally, but it is, we are very thoughtful about how we engage with the community. When I say we, I mean the talented team of, of Renee Mosley and Lonnie Faith and Katie Sylvia and, and Shelley Gillespie. We are very thoughtful about every interaction we have and how we understand that this isn't just a sidebar, this isn't just a quick um, talk to somebody who lives here. It's what are you you're thinking? What are they asking for? What do they want to share? What are they trying to communicate? What kind of relationship are we trying to build here? And um, we all come from a place of um, this is about relationship building. All of us who are a part of this um, team understand we come with building relationships. So when you come with that kind of intention, then that's how you live it. And then the community sees that's how we're behaving. So then they also behave that way. And we encourage and teach. There is some teaching that goes on in teaching because not everybody knows how to effectively communicate. And, and even if you've been trained how to effectively communicate, you probably don't always do it every day very well. So you sure. have, um, we, we, take some, we take a lot of time. There are uh, wisdom circles and there are parent circles that helps, you know, talk through issues. Um, there's community forum, which is like a town hall. So I would say a combination of our intentional, uh, our intention to build relationship and the intention to be very communicative. When you're trying to do what you have just been describing, you end up realizing that there's a lot of things that are happening at Bridge Meadows at all times. And I was wondering, how do you manage, number one, to schedule all those different things that need to happen? And then number two, how do you keep track of and evaluate all those things that are happening? Well, the number one piece is a great team. You, uh, and as I said earlier, this is a strong team. With All of us have had um, significant ex- uh, career experience and we did not come to this as newbies, if you will. We came mm-hmm. as seasoned clinicians, and 
that really has helped us um, keep, stay on track. And that doesn't mean that, you know, our hair is not blowing back <laughs> some days. Um, but <laughs> we, we pause and we, we kind of hold on to each other and say, whoa, let's take a breath here, let's pause, let's uh, regroup. And, um, and we're all here for the same purpose, and, and I think that helps ground us. And then um, the moments where we have to pause and then, again, overly communicating and then being um, very seasoned in our roles. We also um, are here, I said, there's a common purpose. That, that is also how we communicate the spirit and, um, and keep our team on track. Is We are all here to help children get adopted out of foster care while at the same time supporting those parents so the families thrive and providing meaning and purpose to the elders. That also should be tattooed on us because... That guides us every single day, as well as our board members, and um, that helps us stay on track. But there are days when it gets a little crazy. I'm, I'm, you know, we're we're also we only welcomed our families home five years ago, and uh, so we're also a rather newer organization, if you will. Sure. Even though the organization's been around ten years, we've just welcomed people home five years ago. So, uh, and I think it's also we laugh a lot, and we have a lot of trust among each other, and a lot of grace. Are there some parts of the spirit, if you will, that you try to teach and imbue your organization with that are just really hard to get across, especially for, say, new staff, new folks that are coming on? Are there certain dimensions of that spirit that are critical for you to have but are kind of hard to teach? Yes, the belief that the answer is inside each and every one of us that everybody has the strength within each and every one of us to do what we need to do to make our life uh, either better or more enhanced. And when clinicians or um, professionals come at it that I need to go fix this person, that's not going to work. And sometimes um, we get trained that there's a, there's a pathological problem that needs to be fixed. And, and that may be true. But if you come at it with, I know inside that person there is the answer, we just need to help pull it out and listen to their voice. What a wonderful answer. We have to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. 
Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me are Andre Howard, Rihanna Absar, and our special guest, Dorenda Schubert, Executive Director of Bridge Meadows in Portland, Oregon. Before the break, Dorenda was talking about her future plans for her organization, about working with her board, uh, and about fundraising, and continuing to maintain community support. Dorenda, this is the segment where we ask each of our guests to offer some advice to other leaders in our field. What very open. What advice would you like other to offer other leaders and ask them to consider? Populating your team with smart people who have complementary skills because you, you, everybody needs to bring something to the table and uh, a leader should not think that one has all the answers. And so you need to really create a strong team that complements one another. Listening to the voice of those um, with whom you serve, um, not doing for people, but doing with people, um, never assuming that we have the answers, um, always um, knowing that those answers reside in those with whom we are serving, um, using your values as a guidepost, uh, and um, so that, that helps in so many ways to make decisions uh, from the smallest to like who you choose for your supplies <laughs> to um, mm-hmm. what is your strategic plan going to look like. And, and then um, no matter what your budget, because at this point in time we are considered a small budget organization, no matter what your budget, you truly can make a um, large impact. And, um, and in a small staff, our staff is 4.6 FTE. <laughs> And you mm-hmm. certainly can make a large impact. Um, and I think you know, give organiz- give innovation a try. Don't be a try. Don't be afraid to try something new. And if it doesn't go how you hope it goes, you know, it, that's that's just one more step in the learning. I saw a poster that said uh, F A I L, and it stood for uh, first attempt in learning. I thought that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Could you share with us? Uh, because this is one of the questions that we always ask in this segment. What's one thing that you learned from a mistake that you may have made at some point that really helped make you a better change leader? Well, I would say trusting my intuition. Um, When I didn't trust my intuition, 
I, um, it didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. And then that reminded me, oh, I should trust my intuition. <laughs> it's there for a reason. And then when I trusted my intuition, it went quite well. And, and that has to do with, um, you know, using your past learnings. And, and even though you um, are now in this new setting and the rules might be different and the setting might be different and you're, people might say, no, 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 we don't do that like this. But you know, no, I know this way will work. Um, that, that is what's important. And I would say, I'll just say this, we, a very small thing. Here in a, t- in a typical affordable housing property of 36 units, as we might be seen by some folks, you don't have a maintenance person who works as many hours as we would like that, main- as we as a team thought that maintenance person to work. But for us, that maintenance person was part of the support team, the part of the team when the children had a hard time and maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, made a mess in the house, uh, took out a wall or something. And that sure. maintenance person was a part of of um, helping make it better and helping that child get through it. And so um, I, I had to spend a lot of time saying, no, this is how it's going to be. No, this is gonna, how it's going to be. And just trusting your intuition, um, you're always right. Fantastic. Andre and Rihanna, last thoughts that you'd like to enter in, because obviously one of our topics today has been change leadership, and that's your area of expertise. Jump in now with any thoughts, please. No, I would just, again, um, Dr. Schubert is just, a, again, a great example of what, you know, um, a good change is all about. And I think, again, as we uh, think about her, even in the Alliance Network, I mean, we're always pointing to her uh, for uh, folks who are looking for examples of, of leaders who are doing great work, uh, who's focused, who uh, certainly understands at the end of the day, it's about taking care of children and families and making better lives for them and improving neighborhoods. Uh, Dr. Schubert is certainly an example that we are often pointing others towards taking a look at uh, as one example, as one model of what effective leadership is all about. So I, I'm just glad to have had her on this show today to just talk and pick her brain a little bit more. So appreciate that. Fantastic. Rihanna. Yeah, you know, I know Bridge Meadows is doing a lot of wonderful work. Um, I know that Bridge Meadows is also part of a community strengthening cohort um, that's a three-year project with 30 other organizations um, that's aimed at breaking the cycle of childhood poverty. So, Jonda, you're taking on a lot of heavy and wonderful things, you know, just down the road, you know, years from now. What do you hope your legacy um, is at Bridge Meadows and within our sector? Oh, what a wonderful question, Rihanna. I hope um, that I can't wait to talk to these children when they're 30 years old. I hope I'm still around. I, I, wanna, I hope to see that this model is everywhere and not abnormal, that it's the normal way. It's like people go, are you kidding? We never used to do that. How did we get away? How did we end up in silos? That's silly. That's crazy. You know, kind of how um, my teenagers look at um, 8-track cassette tapes. What? You did that? <laughs> I, um, I, my dream is that we live intergenerationally um, in all ways and um, across our country. Wonderful. Yeah, it's... Your story is really powerful, and um, I'm honored to be in your company. Oh, thank you. The, the same to all of you, and I'm so honored and grateful to have been a part of this um, conversation today. Well, we really appreciate having had you. Uh, unfortunately, we're getting close to the end of our time, 
So if I could take just a moment, express my thanks to Andre Howard and Rihanna Absar, uh, and Thank to you, our special guest, Yendra Schubert. Uh, it was wonderful to have you here. Thanks so much for the ideas that you've shared. They'll be experienced by folks who are listening now and by those who will listen later. So we want to thank all of you as well who have been listening to this show. Please join us the next time for another edition of Leadership Matters. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.